All right, Ryan, you're you're master of sales, which we'll get into. But the same same question I kick every one of these off with, with some people talk for like 45 minutes in a row. Was I don't want that. I just want the 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 Ryan story of how you fall into franchising. How did you even get into this industry? So um, it started back in college. My dad uh, bought a single unit pizza franchise uh, with a business partner. And when I was graduating from college, his business partner ended up becoming the CEO of the pizza franchise. And um, he called me and said, Ryan, you want to be in sales? And I go, yeah. He goes, why don't you come sell franchises for me? And that was 10 years ago and been doing it since. All right. So a few things that I want to unpack, and it's only because I know your story. When you, if you go back to that moment, you know that your dad has become a franchisee. Do you understand what franchising is? Like, do you have a depth of knowledge of what he had to go through to become a franchise owner, the risk that he had to put front and center? Like, did, did you have a grip on all the complexities of franchising or was it like, that was pretty cool. My dad's a pizza shop owner. Um, I, I saw it, but it, it was uh, it was different for me. And the reason for that was my father was entrepreneurial the previous five years after a track in corporate America. And he purchased an existing operating pizza franchise. So there's, I think, less risk anytime you're buying a business that's currently operating versus uh, something under construction uh, that you have to open up from scratch. Um, so I, I definitely understood the risk, risk, but I think there's a different profile today, certainly um, seeing new construction, new build, rather than acquiring an existing restaurant, which is what he did previously. I also want to give you credit. Uh, you were the, the FSO, the Franchise Sales Organization model, uh, clearly is is very relevant today. And it's always been around in some capacity. Outsourced franchise development has been around. But you did create a company in that space too. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So I mentioned uh, the, the conversation with Ryan Rose, who became CEO of, of Romeo's Pizza and, and hired me and had some success in franchise sales there. Want to become a little bit more entrepreneurial started a consultancy back in 2017 with a few partners. And the focus was taking what we learned through growing that pizza franchise and bringing it to other concepts. So think one to 10 locations had some success. We're looking to grow um, whether they were a franchise or not a franchise. We would go into those businesses and really help determine if franchising was for them and then if we decide to work with one another, we would build out the development side of the business. So necessary legal documents, overall development strategy, and, and really support the growth of, of the brand as an outside consultant. Had some success doing that, but the challenge was we're always just a consultant. And uh, it created a lot of internal conflict for me personally when we would sell or bring in new franchisees to the system and the leadership team would making decisions that we didn't necessarily agree with. Right. So wanted to get back to a place where we had more of an active leadership control and could really drive the growth of the company internally rather than externally. And uh, VO happened to be one of our clients in the uh, franchise development firm. 
and really just saw tremendous potential within the category and within the concept due to the growth rate industry was growing about 10 to 15% annually, the fragmentation, 90% the market was three locations or less, 81% was a single location. So we felt like um, this was really a place to, to place a bet. And we did that in, in really early 2018. We formed a partnership with the founder, Joe, uh, and um, started to uh, kind of fire our other clients, find a way to move on and, and really focus on VO. And we've then spent the next year, year and a half, refining the business, uh, being very thoughtful about the service mix, invested a lot in understanding the compliance side, put together a membership program, the overall design, and we launched a franchise in early 2019, created a ton of momentum throughout 2019 as we crossed the page to 2020, thought it was going to be our breakthrough year. Uh, COVID had other plans, but uh, certainly COVID was a challenge we were able to overcome. And by the end of 2020, we had nine locations open. And then in 2021, started to see some incredible success stories within those nine locations, which is really fueled the growth and excitement until today. So currently we have 28 open. We'll have around 40 by the end of the year, about 75 end of next year. And um, it really positioned ourselves as a category leading brand uh, from a franchising perspective in the med spa space. All right. Plenty, plenty to break through there, but, or unpack. Um, so you take on this, this VO deal. Um, and part of the trigger that made you say, I need more control is that you're obviously selling someone on the dream of business ownership. They're going to invest their life savings into something that they have little to no control over. And I imagine the internal conflict you had is if the leadership of said franchise that you were helping didn't have the same integrity or support structure then you felt there was going to be a disconnect between the story that you told to help someone buy a franchise and, and the execution. Uh, is that is that an accurate statement? That's completely accurate. And uh, as a franchise salesperson or development person in the space, you're getting candidates to invest um, a lot of money, depending on the brand and relatively speaking, Twenty thousand um, dollars is a lot of money to many people. So whether it's a lower ticket franchise or a higher ticket franchise, several million dollars. Um, if you don't agree with the direction of the leadership team, it, it creates conflict and it doesn't feel good um, from a value standpoint, being associated from, from that concept, uh, as well as persuading people or influencing people to make a purchasing decision. So I didn't want to play in that space. I wanted to play in a space where had control and could feel good going to sleep at night because I knew I was doing everything in my power to um, help develop the brand in, in a positive way. At VO, knowing you and know, knowing the tools that you have, I would still say you somewhat bootstrapped franchising, uh, which the statement would be you, you bet on the jockey, not, not on the horse. And so I think you've you've established a model that you know you could you could have one lead. That's all you need to get a deal done. Would would you say like in a and now you're you're gonna have a explosion, you're gonna double in size here in the next five months, and then you're gonna 
almost double in size again over the course of next year. Have you have you dreamt about what it would look like to be super well capitalized in franchise development, knowing what you know about how to communicate with human beings and help them feel confident that this is the right business for them? Absolutely. Um, so we bootstrapped it really the first three to four years in VO. We did bring on a minority private equity partner last year, which is well capitalized us and put us in a position to reinvest, develop more corporate stores, invest in our platforms, invest in our human infrastructure um, and development. We haven't really turned on the development switch from a uh, marketing standpoint because we're extremely selective with the candidates we're bringing into the system. And it's been like that since the beginning. So you're absolutely correct. When we started, it was bootstrapped and bootstrapped in a way where it was personal networks. It was uh, very selective uh, outreach to franchisees that we saw that were performing well in other systems in one-on-one -on -one conversations that wasn't broker networks or trade shows or press releases or ad spend. Um, in total, since the beginning, we've done a couple trade shows and um, we've done a few PR releases. That's been the development marketing budget. And we've um, been very successful, but we've been successful because uh, we're thoughtful to develop on the brand. We're very thoughtful about the unit economics and the returns for our franchisees. Um, because if our franchisees are happy and they continue to reinvest, um, that's more powerful than anything we can do from a development standpoint. Well, look, and the, the billboard is, is beautiful. And so when you invest in your real estate and you don't, you don't go cheap on your locations and the experience of the customer is really sound, no matter what people that drive around that billboard are going to say, what is this? And then if they see it or they experience it and then start examining what it could look like to be in business ownership with the business and they land into your funnel, which we'll, we'll talk about the website in a little bit, then all you got to do is facilitate that candidate and, and make them feel comfortable. And you're, so you develop them. And what I've known about you for as long as I've known you is you, you develop candidates. And so you don't need all the bells and whistles. I, I, I do think if you, if you had it, you're the, you are the largest spa wellness concept that exists, but remove those, those resources to build just this magnificent buzz. And you still have engineered a good business opportunity that people seem to be excited about are of these going from 20 to 40 are some of these going to be, multi-unit are they opening up their second or third locations absolutely yeah we just celebrated our first franchisee romeo opening up his uh, third location um we have several others opening up their second and third so i'd say rough numbers about half of the system it's opening up uh their second third fourth locations in the next 12 months uh versus the other half is opening up their first location Pretty big. I mean, if I look at look at the site for what it's worth, it's it's very it's very basic. You have no YUI now. Your story is nowhere to be found. There's no human stories associated with it. You're not highlighting the club, and so it's almost like you've gone the reverse way of how to grow a, a franchise business, uh, as opposed to what normal buzz building brands need to do. Like you you don't have those bells and whistles. 
We, we haven't. And, you know, again, uh, it, no broker networks or anything like that. So it, it's just, uh, it's been targeted outreach uh, and focused on franchisee performance uh, as well as our corporate stores. And, um, you know, now I think a little bit more of, of the brand building is certainly, it's been happening from a consumer perspective, but will be uh, more of a focus from a development perspective. All right. Just like you guys take walk walk-ins, I'm going to welcome Joe in now. We're going to call him our, our walk-in to the to the podcast. And look, we 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 needed one. We needed someone who would show up show up late to this and jump in mid mid uh, stream. But I can make it work, Joe. I can figure this out. So, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards in our conversation because uh, I want to hear your franchise story. How did you fall into franchising? Yeah, me too. Almost there. Technology is close. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I'm a little late on technology too. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, I think I sort of told the story a million times, but I enjoy telling it every time. It's a you know, it's a great story and uh, it's an exciting story. So, uh, if how I got into franchising was I, you know, I had this brand that I had built uh, about ten years ago, which was called Skindy um, Laser Spa, which was then called Skindy Medi Spa. Uh, about five years later, I met Ryan and his team with Apex Franchise Development Group. And from there, uh, we decided that, you know, we had further down the line that we had to change the name of VO and things like that. But, you know, it was basically thanks to Ryan and those guys that helped me build the dream that I, I had of having not just one or two locations, but multiple locations. And Ryan and his team really put that into a package and allowed me to fulfill that dream. So... It's it's pretty interesting. I never never truly thought that I would have had a franchise brand if it wasn't thanks to these guys. Joe, if you think about today, and maybe now is not the pinch yourself moment because seventy five is on the horizon. But have seventy five of these out there? The, do you get to pause and say, "All right, that's pretty cool." You know, I I, I think I text Ryan every maybe every day. Uh, if not, if not every day, at least once every other day, I'm like, Ryan, I, dude, I cannot believe this. We have this many locations. I, Ryan can tell you this. I, I will text him. I'll text my brother, the whole team. I'm like, guys, this is an amazing thing we built. And, you know, it was so fulfilling. We had our first franchise um, conference this past week. And being on that stage, talking to everybody, seeing all the people in the audience, you know, there was 200 people there and it, it's, you know, at first when I got up there, I was a little nervous, but then when I see the energy, I felt that energy with everybody in the room. It's so exciting to see where this thing has gone from just one location that started in the back of my tanning salon to all these locations nationwide. And, you know, to have, like you said, 75 by the end of the year, that's just, you know, I, I could have never dreamed of that in my wildest years. So it's, it's exciting. Joe or Ryan, is it your story's not on here, Joe? And the the fact is, even what you just said, you took a business that had to had to pivot. Like no matter what, Tanny needed to go through some sort of pivot to sustain sales volume. And what you did is you pivoted into a model that has multiple solutions from a wellness standpoint. So what you went through as an entrepreneur is so inspirational. Is your story left off of this on purpose? 
No, I mean, I'll tell you the whole story. I, so uh, I, I get excited about this story every time I tell it. But, you know, I was, like I said, I had uh, three tanning salons. I actually started in dry cleaning, believe it or not. My first business was dry cleaning. Um, me and my brother dabbled in a tech company for a while. Ironically, we were actually um, being looked at by Uber Eats for a little while, which is kind of cool. And then, um, I, you know, I had my tanning salons. I grew it up to three locations. I had one of my clients come to me and ask me if I wanted to open uh, a, la or a laser spot. I knew nothing about it. I called up a buddy of mine named Matt. Matt put me in touch with a guy named Vince. Well, first off, Matt said, Joe, you need to do this. You'll kill it. And, you know, it's all about sales, right? So, But he knew how much of a go-getter I was. And he said, Joe, you'll do a great job. So I next step was call the contractor. Call the contractor. They were in there the very next day. I had, before she came in, I had the contractors there, lasers ordered, everything. We opened, I think it was like three or four weeks after the first time she came in. And I did all this, FYI, I don't recommend this, but I did this all without a building permit. And uh, so, but I was just doing this and I was having the build out being done at night. And I, you know, I had, I had to bootstrap it. I, I didn't have that much cash to do it. So I did, whatever I had to do. And the partner I had at that time, um, I, I gave her a timeline of when it had to be, uh, you know, we had to start making money and she didn't hit that deadline. So then I take, I took it over. I, um, I was mentored by somebody that helped me grow the, the injectable business quite a bit. And from there on, we, we just exploded. We grew to be one of the top Botox providers in Cleveland within four or five months, I believe it was. And we just grew to another location. We grew out of that eight months later, grew into a bigger location. And then from five months after that, or was it, no, it was a few, oh, five years after that, three years after that, I met Ryan and his team. And that's where everything exploded. So that's basically how it all happened. And then how we got our name, that's a different story. I don't know if you want to hear that or if you can. Keep going. Hey, go for it. Four million times, but it's a fun story too. So hey, go for it. Tell, tell that too. So I, uh, <laughs> we were, you know, we Ryan and I were, we were in the back of our uh, skin deep medi spot that time, and we they're like, Joe, you need a new name, and I'm like, we're not getting a new name, we're keeping this name. Well, we couldn't do that because there was the there was skin deep blazer spas and skin deep medi spas all over the country. We needed to own that trademark, so we sat in the back of our uh, of that conference room every Friday for two to three hours and for months on end trying to think of a name. We narrowed it down to three names. I wasn't a big fan of any one of them. And we would bounce these ideas off other people. Well, it came down to like the last week before we had to get our FDD done. And I, we needed that final name. Well, I was at a restaurant looking at, uh, I was just drinking bone broth and on the lid, it said Viora and I'm like, VO, VO Med Spa. That works. Texted those guys. Guys, what do you think about this? They're like, love it. Let's do it. Like, what does it mean? I'm like, doesn't mean anything. And then we backed into the name value in ourselves. And from there on, it's just that's VO. That's how VO got its name. I mean, it's just like Apple or Nike. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have to mean anything. It just, you know, value means value in ourselves today. And here we are. We're at almost 78 locations open by the end of next year. Ryan, why are you not you? Why why is Joe's story not out there? It should be on the website. I agree. He uh, he told it at conference, 
But uh, yeah, everyone knows it for valuing ourselves and it's really stuck and it's a clean, sleek brand. Signage looks awesome. Uh, it works. So it, it's amazing uh, the, the true backstory of how it all came about. But valuing ourselves via Med Spa, um, it works for us. Is it? Isn't that franchising though? Value in ourselves. Yet I'm staring at your website here and it is nowhere to be found. Is this is this on purpose or are you guys just like oh, yeah, too on know, fire to for, to do the, the basic this, blocking and tackling? There's <laughs> other things that are more important than just the story. So that's we want to focus on everything else for the clients and everything else. We'll get it on there one of these days, but it's not, it's not our top priority. But well, one of these days, when you want to go seventy-five to one hundred and fifty, you better get this story out here. I, I mean, I say this all the time. I agree. I, I think it needs to be on there now. Brands don't sell brands; people do. And ultimately, and I and I, I mean this in the in the kindest way, like the thing, the juice that is selling Vo right now is is Ryan. The fact that Ryan's on the phone making people feel confident in this is able to work through the numbers and explain how this business works is able to close deals. Like Ryan's the secret sauce here. Secret sauce is great, but if you put more fuel on this thing in a category that is plenty of room to grow and you add in the flexibility that you had as a business owner, what you're showing to the buyer is if there's any hesitation that this might be a fad, you're saying like, look, I, I had to pivot once before. So I think I, I think me being modest could be the difference between Skyrocket and a really sound franchise rocket, which you guys are like, you guys are off to the races right now. But man, if you added in this blocking and tackling, I think it would make a huge difference. Right now you have a photo of two people looking down at a door handle. That doesn't even show your brand, you know? Yeah, no. I, you know, Ryan is, Ryan, Ryan does an amazing job. And like you said, we haven't spent any advertising dollars on bringing people in the door. It's just, we do have an incredible story. And, and Ryan does do a good job at portraying that to people and, you know, giving the analytics and everything like that. You know, the people that we have brought on, I think, speak volumes of what our brand is about. And they're so passionate about it. And when when we have incoming franchisees talking to our existing franchisees, they tell the story and they, they realize what a great brand we have. And they do they want to get involved. You know, we have Ryan, one of our ARs reached out to Ryan and they, they want to open more and more locations because they see the potential in the brand and where the brand is going. And it's, it's extremely exciting. Love yeah. It. Yeah, we have a we have a great team, and I, I agree that the focus has been consumer and driving uh, sales at the franchisee level, profitable sales at the franchisee level, not necessarily through discounting, but really building true brand value. Um, I think there will be a focus here in the future uh, about more of a powerful story from a development standpoint. It definitely comes through through our team during Discovery Day and the presentation, but it's not seen. Uh, I agree on, on the website here on the development tab, but we uh, we're actually up to, I think, 215 sold now, Nick, over the next six years. So we um, we have our hands full, but certainly um, can do more um, with the right partners that are you know looking for um, a brand in this space. Love it. Uh, Ryan, close with this. There's a ghost candidate that now has listened to this. They're excited about the business. What's the last few bullet points you want them to know about it? The This is a category to have in your portfolio. It's growing 12 to 15% annually. It's highly fragmented. 
you mentioned pivoting or getting into other service lines like wellness. Uh, so think hormone replacement therapy and peptides and IV hydration. It's a fantastic category and uh, VO is a concept I think you should look at. Love it. Well, for Ryan and Joe, I'm Nick. This was another episode of Meet the Zor. I look forward to actually seeing your guys' story. When you guys revert this website, then I'll be even more excited. But what a great story. Looking forward Nick, to seeing I'm going to message show. you, not to cut you off, I'm going to message you the second it goes on there. <laughs> that way you can see the whole story on there. Yeah, then I'll stop picking on you guys. Because like, like I hear 200, I'm like, 200? You should be at 400. You take Joe's story and put it out there, this thing explodes. So just remember that just re- every time like you're, you you celebrate the little wins. I, I appreciate all, that. But... All big businesses start somewhere. And this one started all in the back business. of the tanning salon. So well, and, a, I love the story. And Joe, you, you almost have Jim, Jim Tan laundry because you got you had the dry cleaning. Yeah. You you <laughs> I mean, we're almost there. It was I know. Spot, spot, spot tan laundry. It's there. I mean, this thing is going off. So <laughs> that's right. Thanks for the conversation, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you very much, man.